Welcome to the Design Thinkers Academy London podcast, where we focus on design thinking and its role in some of the biggest issues facing society today. Increasingly, that means environment and sustainability, as businesses look for ways to reconfigure their own practices and systems, establish new relationships with their customers, and explore collaboration, both within and across sectors. In this podcast, we look at how Design Thinkers Academy helped one of the world's largest software companies to initiate an idea that's led to real-world solutions in tackling the scourge of plastics pollution. It started small with a simple idea and a daughter's plea to her father. To explain how this started and where it stands, I'm joined by Stephen Jameson, Global Head of Circular Economy Solutions at SAP, and David Kester, Founder and Managing Director of the Design Thinkers Academy London. Welcome to you both. Hello. Now, if we cast our mind back three years it was now, the issue of plastic pollution was high on the public agenda, in no small part due to David Attenborough's Blue Planet series. And one of those watching was your daughter, Stephen. Uh, perhaps you could take up the narrative from there. Sure. Well, this was three years ago, and I think David and I were having a conversation around about the same time about the application of innovation and how to really make that relevant to business. And it was around this time I was having a conversation with my daughter after watching BBC Blue Planet 2, and she challenged me. She couldn't sleep. She was upset about what was happening in our oceans, and she wanted to see a solution. And she quite simply challenged me to go and do something about it. And having realised I work with one of the largest technology companies in the world that fuels 77% of the world's business and supply chains, penny really dropped that we could do something with the data, the innovation, the potential that exists there in order to be able to drive an impact agenda, in order to be able to solve these sorts of challenges. So you had this idea that you needed to do something on this particular issue, harnessing the power and the reach of SAP. To give some shape to that, you started to work with David and the team at Design Thinkers Academy. What, at that stage, were you hoping to achieve? Well, I think at the time it was a question of how can we bring together the world's businesses into a safe space? How could we start to pose some of the questions about uh, what it would take in order to be able to deliver you know, new innovations and what sorts of innovations might be needed? And I think where we were starting from was really a blank piece of paper. We had no concept or idea of what we might be looking to achieve other than the basic principle that the people that can answer these questions are potentially going to be in the room and that by getting together uh, around a set of new technologies, maybe the, we, we'd be able to find some answers. So David, a, a tall mm. order for you, a very broad pressing issue. But at that point, uh, as Stephen has said, no clear idea of a direction of travel or, or mm. a, an end result, any outcomes. Talk me through how you applied that design thinking process to a particular question like this, what that process is. Well, in a way, that's where design thinking comes into its own around, sometimes they call them wicked problems, but complex issues. I mean, every business problem, every business is complicated, but complexity is a different matter altogether. It's where you've got different systems at work, you've got lots of different businesses. And design thinking is very good because it enables you to both zoom out and look at the bigger picture and see that whole ecosystem, but also zoom right in and look at things in a new way, through the eyes of the consumer, through the eyes of individual players, actors within that system. So I mean, we started here, Stephen, I think, if I'm, if I'm right, actually just talking about, well, what matters to SAP, what are the issues, it was, a, it was about alignment between SAP and we saw that 
as a purpose-driven business. The plastics issue was really important within the organisation and also obviously related well to AI and machine learning, but also it was on the agenda of all of the public, it was on the agenda of all business. So here was a really good space to work in. So we could get that alignment, but fundamentally then we had to get researching, set up, find the right question at the beginning. So I think the starting point was make sure that we had the right question, the right challenge. And once you had that challenge question, you then assembled a large number of companies, some big global brands, brought them all into a room. Yep. They got some briefing about the processes. They got some ethnographic research as well, so that it was really connected to uh, consumers. You then set them on, on this path to, yes. to try and come up with their solutions within their teams. Just talk me through a bit yeah. how that happened. Well, I mean, as you say, the starting point was after we've got a good question, let's make sure that we can arm everybody with a, sometimes almost we call it like a platform or the springboard for innovation, which is the insights from real consumer citizens. Every business situation is ultimately driven by what's happening to people on our planet, in our societies, in our communities. So we were able to bring that research, immerse all of those businesses in that research, and to get them to work collaboratively with each other, but also with the individual citizen consumers. Now, at the end of that process, there were some very smart individual team ideas. But uh, to use your assessment at the time, Stephen, uh, you, you called the glue that held all of it together data. Uh, that was really the insight that led to the initial concept, the, the plastics cloud, to bring together all this data. Just explain what that was about. So I think one of the things that was really revealing about the process itself was seeing numbers of different businesses working together. And that re really represented the system, you know, the system that we were trying to fix ultimately. And what was really apparent was each individual actor, each individual group came up with wonderful ideas, but they all had this commonality, which was this overarching, well, firstly, this overarching drive for innovation to solve these challenges. But actually, as you say, the glue which made that possible was power of data. And, and often it was data that would interconnect each of these ideas into what could be a kind of system of solutions. So therefore, the sort of penny really dropped about the role of SAP here now. It wasn't to go and build individual specific applications, but to be able to unlock that global data capability that we already have flowing across you know, our systems across the world. And then really using that to unlock the innovations that will then drive solutions. And a very important part of that, both the process itself and the outcomes is collaboration. Uh, sometimes competing businesses, businesses from different sectors, bringing them together so that they understand how this data can be shared in, in a positive, in a innovative way. Exactly, and collaborating around a common purpose, and this was, this was such a key piece of the puzzle, was trying to get different groups of organisations that collaborate generally is quite hard, but actually being able to do that around something that was really unarguable in terms of an impact objective that we all wanted to see, irrespective of your sort of stance on the role of plastics, for example, in the supply chain, Everybody could agree that you know, it shouldn't be in the environment and we should find solutions. And that was really the kind of the, the moment that unlocked it. And David, a key part mm. of this is expecting the unexpected. Mm. So making sure that your challenge question is open enough, but also that there are no preconceptions, nothing, nothing is off the table when people are actually going through this process, steering towards these kinds of solutions. Absolutely. And I think what we saw from those solutions that came through, they were very, very varied. 
we had lots of different ideas. I mean, as Stephen said, data was a, a connecting element within it, but all of them, all of the ideas, you could see that they were rooted in the individual unmet needs of consumers and organizations and businesses. So you could really understand why this was important, what the purpose, and that not just we could solve a bigger challenge, but in fact that we could solve very specific challenges, almost subsets of that big challenge, what we sometimes call the how might we's, these sort of little mini project briefs began to emerge. So everything you could you could bring back to those sort of user insights. And Stephen, the Plastics Cloud was really the starting point, it didn't end there. Uh, you as a company have developed systems and solutions that follow on, follow on from this Plastics Cloud initiative. The latest is SAP Responsible Design and Production. Just explain what those are, and perhaps if you could give us an example of real-world benefits, both for businesses, but also in a, in a broader social context. Yeah, sure. So I mean, the Plastics Cloud was really a vehicle which took us from that design sprint up to the point where we could start launching real-world solutions to, to the marketplace across the full SAP global platform. And really what we discovered was we needed to focus on three things. We needed to focus on solutions that eliminate uh, materials from or material waste from, from businesses. We needed solutions that were going to help circulate uh, materials across and between businesses. And we needed solutions uh, that would help innovate new business models and drive transition to you know, a new way of, of consuming. And our focus is therefore really driven into each of those three areas. And what with, with SAP Responsible Design and Production, we're really drilling down into that need for by businesses to eliminate waste. And what's interesting is as we've been going through this process, the, the sort of the policy work stream, if you like, in the, in the government and the wider world and the NGO community has really come together. The role of extended producer responsibility, plastic taxes is really coming sharply into focus now. And what we're doing with, therefore, with SAP Responsible Design and Production is really providing the tools that allow businesses to understand the impact of material decisions in the upstream on the, on the downstream consequence. So they can therefore make a, a judgment in terms of, well, if we're using PET in a particular product, we can start to understand what's the impact of that decision in a particular market, where potentially the uh, regulatory frame, framing is different. Also allowing you to then provide the sort of the regulatory, uh, not just the regulatory reporting, but also the sort of voluntary agreements and the transparency required by things like the UK Plastics Pact and the Ellen MacArthur Foundation Global Commitment. And finally, just the, then providing the transparency to provide consumers ultimately with the understanding and visibility of what's actually in those products and how to then therefore manage that material once it's in your hands. So it's not just about doing the right thing for environmental or sustainable reasons, you're actually helping companies to embed all of this within their systems so that there's a business case for them as well and so that they can see how it helps them to meet the obligations that they, that they have that they will have in future. It's really critical that these things align the role of business in the context of both the consumer, the customer, but also in the context of the ecosystem with which they're in, the, the regulate, regulatory framework within, within which they operate and with the, you know, the NGO communities that they're working with and responding to on a daily basis. And if we can line those things up using data and systems and insight, then we can really accelerate towards global impact. You've already broadened it all from the 
initial focus on, on plastics, but having seen the power of design thinking in this context, where do you see the potential uh, for other applications, particularly when we're looking at solutions in environment and sustainability? I mean, this is potentially you know, endless in terms of, of possibility. And I, I think you know, the, the beginning of this for us comes to, first of all, the principle of circular design. The solutions to our you know, waste challenges and even probably 50% of our carbon challenges lie in our ability to harness materials that we're already using. The 91% of materials that are currently destined for landfill. Fundamentally, the solution to that is a design challenge whether it's product design, business design, ecosystem design, policy design, you know, it's how you unlock that design community and speak to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, for example, they'll say there's 80 million people in the world that are designing a circular economy right now. They might not be trained designers, but they're engaged in the topic and they are making design decisions on a daily basis that will inform our future and the sustainability of our planet. And David, you are looking towards more and more projects with mm. an environmental uh, and sustainability focus under the umbrella of responsible revolutions. Again, these will start with broad challenges, for example, relating to emissions and, and climate. But how do you use the learnings from the, the Plastics Cloud journey to inform that? And how do you see the potential there? Well, I think probably three things. Firstly, staying rooted in citizen consumer insights, always bringing things back to the wider system that we live in, the context, and the real everyday lives of people and seeing that actually we all have struggles that we're trying to resolve and actually you know, we're all struggling with these issues. Secondly, that something that Stephen mentioned earlier, creating the safe space for businesses, organisations, all of these actors to work together and develop solutions. And we worked last time using Creative Commons. It was very, very successful. I think people were quite sceptical to begin with. They said, really? As competing businesses, do we want to enter this space under Creative Commons? But actually it created a freedom for everybody to work together and then go off and work more commercially on aspects of what we've been innovating around. And I think um, more and more businesses are understanding that their own sustainability plans and aspirations can't work by themselves. It has to work in, in concert with completely uh, other businesses, other sectors. You have to have a much more holistic approach to it. I think that's very true. And I think also we're learning that we have to be brilliant innovators. And as individuals within our organisations and businesses, we need people who can innovate and understand how to do this. So coming together, when we work on a specific project or problem, as we are going to on the Sprint Camp on Climate Action, we're also learning together how we work together, how we do this, how we innovate fast. And we can bring a lot of the latest techniques and approaches, including actually, which of course we've all been learning over this last year, how you can do this fast online. And that's very important. And that means that people don't necessarily have to fly all around the world to do a sprint. We can work collaboratively in very, very smart ways and innovate really effectively. Stephen, David, many thanks to both. An inspiring example there of what design thinking can achieve. And if you're interested in learning more about the Design Thinkers Academy London and their courses, visit the website or follow on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Many thanks for listening and look out for further podcasts soon.